0: stand together and say, morning everyone, you know Dan, you had me not at, uh, what was the name of the creek, not at Sugar Creek, you had me at Two Mile Creek, and probably a bunch of us in here, if you if you were at some creek, would you raise your hand, yeah, see, everybody was right there, probably not, probably not at Sugar Creek, but Two Mile Creek in Alabama and Caney Creek in Arkansas and I took a couple of my grandchildren, not Lily but the two oldest, to my Two Mile Creek and there's no way I'm going in that creek and in my mind I'm thinking it's not really any different than it was when I was a boy but I'm not letting my granddaughter and grandson get in there We used to throw a rock in the creek in order to get the snakes out, right? If my mom was here, she would be scared. But somehow or other, maybe they just knew, oh, that's the Burleson boys, they're one of us, (laughs) or something like that. Our, Our scripture reading from Psalm 118, The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Let Israel say, The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Let all who fear the Lord say, The Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Let the church at Waterson Trail say, Yours forever. Do you believe that? Because that's the test today. The test of our faith. The test of what we truly believe about God. We're looking at the six benefits of faith that I've picked out for us to consider. And the benefit that we're going to look at today is the fact that our faith in God pleases Him. Our faith in God is what is pleasing to Him. So if you want to make God happy, if you want to be a blessing to God, If you and I, we want God to look down or look at us as His children and smile and say, that's my daughter, that's my son, those are my children. They give me joy, they give me happiness. I'm pleased with them. Believing in God, faith in God, pleases God. I know that's true because in Hebrews chapter 11 in verse 6, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he or she who comes to God must believe that He is and that He is the rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. If it is impossible to please God without faith then it is possible to please God with faith so when I have faith in God I please God when I believe him that he is good when I believe that his mercy in my life and in the world will never cease Will endure forever. Now I want to look at this text that's before us in First John chapter 3, verse 18 through 23, and just glean or harvest from this passage a few things that will help us understand that when we believe God and live like we do. He is pleased with us. We never have to worry about our salvation. We never have to worry about any sin because we're pleasing God. We're believing in Him and we're following Him in diligence. When we make mistakes, when we do things wrong, when we sin against Him, if we're following Him, we'll know to say to Him, I'm sorry. I repent. God forgives us and we take another step. Not looking back, looking ahead. First, let us not love in word or in tongue, let us love in deed and in truth. Now, what I want to do is just take the word love out and put the word believe in. Now, the Bible doesn't teach that in 1 John chapter 3, but it teaches us about faith and how much God loves faith and how much it pleases Him. So what I want to do just as an exercise is just replace the word love with believe. Let us not believe in word or in tongue, let us believe in deed and in truth. Doesn't that work? You know it does. Isn't love, oh no, is love a feeling? Yes. Is it more than a feeling? Is love words? Yes. But isn't love more than words? I mean, God is not, He's not directing us to not say the words, I love you. You know, let us not love in word or in tongue. He's not, that's not His lesson. It's not, He's not saying, well, I'm not going to tell you I love you because the Bible says, let us not love in word or in tongue. I mean really <clears throat> certainly you don't think that's what this is saying what he's saying is love must go beyond words to action i love it when my grandchildren say to me pop pop i love you man i love that don't you if you're a grandparent I love it when my wife says, I love you. And I say to her, and I love you. Man, I want her saying that to me. I don't want to ever, for her to ever stop. And I'm never going to stop saying that to her. But more, but our love for each other must go beyond words, it must go to action. Faith in God is that way too. It's easy for us to sit in the church or when the church is assembled on the Lord's Day and talk about faith and talk about believing in God and sing about faith and pray about believing in God. But then we go out into the world and then our faith, our belief in God is tested. You're not tested very much in here. Well... Sometimes we are. Sometimes even the church becomes a battleground for our faith. But remember, Psalm 118. The Lord is good. His mercy, kindness, love endures forever. He'll never leave us nor forsake us, no matter what. His love is more than words on a page. His love is given day in and day out with every sunrise, with every sunset, with every new thing in our lives, with all the beauties around us. He doesn't just talk about love, He shows it. The same is true with our faith we got to do more than talk about it. We have to live it. Do you believe that God is good, that His mercy endures in your life forever? If you believe that, then we have to move from just words to actions in our lives toward God and then toward each other. Secondly, he says... By this you know who you are. By this you know love. He says, by this we know that we are of truth and we shall assure our hearts before. And by what? When we don't just speak about faith or love or hope anymore, we live it. We live our faith in front of people in front of Christians, in front of non-Christians, in front of the saved, in front of the lost, in front of people we know, in front of people we don't know. We live our faith in a restaurant. We live our faith in a mall. We live our faith in the beach. We live our faith on Sugar Creek. We live our faith at Two Mile. We live our faith at home. We live our faith wherever we are. We live it. This is how we know we are of truth. Then he says, and we'll assure our hearts. So it's sort of like, Mickey, is everything all right with you? And I'm talking to myself. How do you know love? How do you know God loves you? How do you know others love you? How do you know you love the way you should? I'm checking my heart. Is everything all right? How do you know you're of truth? Well then, if your heart is assured that you are, then that's fine. But sometimes our hearts would tell us, well, now wait a minute. You haven't made it yet. He says, if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. You know sometimes I'm wrong But my heart tells me I'm right Sometimes, if that's true Sometimes I could be right And my heart tells me I'm wrong So how can I really know Whether I'm right or wrong Well we can't base it on how we feel what or who is greater than your heart? God. What, what does God say? Well, He's telling us. If, if all you're, you're talking about as far as love is just talk, things are not right. If if you're just talking about faith, if you're talking about the idea of who God is or that there is a God, but yet your life is lived without that faith, then things are wrong. We check in with God. And so he says, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence then toward God. What is he saying? I may not know about you. You may not know about me. But God knows about all of us. Sometimes I have trouble knowing about myself. Why do we have the revealed word? Why do we have God's word in our hands for us to read in our hearts for us to remember. So that we can have constant, a constant evaluation and an examination of who we are. Let's not just talk about faith. Let's live faith. When your faith is tested, you know. Whether you believe or not. And sometimes we have to say, uh... Oh. I didn't do very well on that. Then we come to God. God strengthened me. I want to please you. Next, this number three. Listen to this. Now we know whatever we ask of Him, we'll receive it. How about that? Now we know whatever we ask we receive from him and here's how we can know that because we keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. You've got to think deep about this. I thought keeping His commandments, was doing the things that are pleasing in His sight. So is, is God being redundant? If you love me, you love me. And if you love me, you love me. I mean, you have to repeat it? Sometimes God does to emphasize something He's saying. But there could there be a slight difference between Someone who does what God says to do and someone who does what God says to do and pleases Him. I remember my dad telling me to do something and me doing it and him not being pleased. Have you ever done that? And I'm not talking about... unreasonable, disrespectful dad. He saw that even though I was doing everything he told me to do, my teeth were clenched and I had this expression on my face that said, as soon as I get 18, I'm out of here. so that I don't have to do what you tell me to do anymore. And so my dad was watching me do exactly what he told me. And I was not, I was not pleased, and he was not pleased. But then there are other times that my, I'm doing what my dad says tells me to do, and he has a smile on his face, and I have a smile on my face. Because I am doing what he tells me to do out of respect, love, and faith in him. And he can see it on my face and my expressions and my body language. It all says, yes, I'm doing what's pleasing you. And I'm doing it for that very reason. And it doesn't matter how hard it is or how long it is or whatever it is. My dad loved me and I love him. And out of, that, out of that love, no matter what he asked me to do, and he will never ask me to do anything I can't do, and he will never ask me to do anything that's going to cause me harm, he will never ask me to jump in two-mile creek Uh, the way it looked when I took my (laughs) grandchildren. Now, Dan, probably somebody's taking care of Sugar Creek. Us boys, we took care of Two Mile when we were there. But there was no one taking care of it now, unfortunately. There's a difference between doing what God says because you have to and doing what God says because you love Him and you trust Him. Can you see the difference? See, I know when I pray and ask God for blessings in my life and for His mercy, which endures forever in my life, I know that He's going to provide for me. And if my relationship with Him, my faith in Him, is the way it should be, will we ever ask for anything that's going to draw us away from that right and good relationship. I'm not going to ask for something sinful. I'm not going to ask for God to give me something that's going to hurt me. It's like my granddaughter today, eight years old, just turned eight, says, Papa, do you mind, right after church, if I go out there on Watterson Trail and just stand in the middle of the road, Now, she's got those pretty blue eyes, looks up at you, smiles. And you know what I'm going to say? Are you kidding? You stay as far away from that road, even when we get the mail, I have her stand over here in the parking lot. Because in my mind, I can see there's been accidents that, you know, not too long ago, both our mailbox were taken down by a car. One of the cars driving... Toward J-Town, crossed the center line. Another car that was driving this way had to leave the road and took both of our mailboxes out. And I was thinking, what if I was, Brittany and I, what if we were getting the mail? So now when we go get the mail, I know now, Brittany, you need to watch it. When I go get the mail, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, and I walk up to the box and grab it and run. One of the people that I love, what well, she knows better at eight years old to ask me to stand in the middle of the road. She's not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to God either. If I'm, if, if I'm wanting what's best for Him and for me, if, I'm dry, if my desire is to please Him. You see, I know that I'm going to have God deliver in my life His will for me. In what is good Because I do what He tells me to do But more than that I do it with my heart My heart first Then my actions follow Faith inside me A belief that's inside I believe that He is And that He rewards those who diligently seek Him his ways, his life, his will. Are you keeping his commandments? But more importantly, is your desire to do what pleases him? I know that keeping his commandments pleases him. But am I keeping his commandments for the right reason? motivated by love and respect honor for who he is cuz i want him to smile and say out a boy good job i mean that's something we long to hear our dads or our mothers say i don't know of any child no matter how old we get, that wouldn't want to please their mom or dad. I'm 59 years old, and I talk to my mom and dad every week. They always ask how we're doing and what's going on, and I love to hear my dad say, I'm proud of you, son. Even at 59. And I figure if that pleases me and it's pleasing to Him then I need to do the same with my children. Now I'm not talking about when they are displeasing to me. That's just words. Then we have to have a discussion as God does with us sometimes. Are you obeying His commandments? More importantly, what what motivates you? to love what motivates you in your faith and finally in this passage of scripture he says we have what we ask for because we keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in inside then then John says and what is his commandment I mean he just finishes it off John says through inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what am I talking about here? What commandments am I talking about? He says, and this is His commandment, that we should believe on the name of the Son, His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as He gave us commandment. I mean, He's saying to us, it's not hard. I mean, it is difficult at times... When our faith is tested, our love is tested, because sometimes God tests us, we need to know, hey, this is a test. We can do this. God's testing my faith. He's testing my patience. When your patience is tested and you live through it, what are you? Stronger more patient. If your love is tested and you endure, you're stronger. You love deeper. If your faith is tested and you refuse to back down and away from God and that test period is over, you're stronger and you have a deeper, greater faith. I know that God's going to answer my prayer according to His will because I'm going to follow Him and love Him and put my faith in Him day in and day out. When, my, when I'm tested, I'm going to obey Him. What is it that He's asking me to do? Trust Him. He said, Son, trust me. That's a command. And then when I trust Him, He's pleased. And it could be that he says, can you trust me a little more? Yes. I'm going to test you a little more. But then if we're going to have that deep faith, if we're going to love deeply, if we're going to have that sincere hope that's going to give us what we need to last a lifetime, we're going to have to build. Here's just one little passage of Scripture that we've talked about this morning. I'm not saying that I'm going to always get what I I want. I am saying that God will provide for me, for you, because the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. Do you believe that? Yes. You believe it here. Do you believe it out there? That's where you're tested do it I know that God's going to see us through because we believe in him we're going to live a diligent life to show it not just in in word or in tongue but in deed and in truth it could be that things are not right between you and God this morning make a change in John chapter 10 verse 9 and 10 Jesus just simply says I'm the door come on in By me, if any man enters in, any woman enters in, he, she shall be saved. We'll go in and out. We'll live our lives. That's what he's saying. We'll live our lives in Christ. And we'll have what we need. We'll find pasture. We'll have what we need. We'll have the the safety of God, the protection of God, the provision of God, the promises of God coming true in our lives. He talks about the thief coming to... Steal to kill and to destroy But he says I've come That you might have life And have it More abundantly Do you believe it? I do I live it And some of you, maybe all of you Do too We just need to keep on Keeping on And it could be that you, some haven't You've left the way Come home Jesus says, come to me. We offer that invitation today.